as everyone goes home for the holidays, there's always that long drive, that long plane flight, and a lot of time on your hands. You're probably thinking, what the heck am I going to do with all this free time in my hands as I travel back to see my family? And that is where Audible Books comes in. You will be very glad on that long car ride when everyone else is asleep besides you that you have an Audible book playing to keep you up and awake for the long drive. All you have to do is go to audibletrials.com forward slash oysterworld to claim your free book for the long road ahead all the way back to your family. Once again, that's audibletrials.com forward slash oysterworld. Welcome to Oyster World. Radio. Happy holidays, all you oysters. Personally, this is my favorite time of the year, and I hope that all of you listeners are out and about with family, spending quality time with the people that you love, because that is what the holidays are all about. So today... A treat to you guys on the holidays. I have a story about a family. Uh, it's going well. I mean, uh, you know, living in a van has its uh, <laughs> has its challenges, uh, but but uh, the freedom is worth it. Finally, that decided to change up their lifestyle and go travel for a while. So these two sold off their things, rented out their house, bought a camper in the EU. Brought their two daughters along, decide to homeschool them for a year, and travel all across Europe. It's a fantastic story about a family coming together in a place that they've never been before, and absolutely loving it. That's yeah. right. Yeah, we're in uh, we're in a small place called uh, Paestum, which is about four hours south of Rome, right on the beach. So how they do it? How they pull it off? Well, let's find out. Here's the story. Well, welcome everybody to Oyster World Radio. We have a couple of special guests. They just came from Pompeii, Italy, traveling all over the EU in a camper that they bought and are homeschooling their kids at the same time. Lots of great adventures over this year. And I'm very, very excited to introduce Jason and Sam Neira. How's it going, guys? Excellent. Thank you, Nathan. Good. So you guys have a very interesting situation. You don't hear very often that uh, an entire family picks up and moves to the EU for an entire year, and not only that, decides to homeschool their kids, continue their education at the same time. So I'm really interested in where where did this idea come from? Can you guys kind of take me back to what your situation was before you left, and how did this idea kind of materialize? Well, we met in Australia in 97 98 um i'm from the uk originally jade's from vancouver originally and so i think you know ever since that time nearly 20 years ago we kept saying oh we'd love to do another adventure and take another year out but we can't and we kept coming up with reasons and barriers and blocks as to well what will people think and oh we can't just quit our jobs and how will we fund this and it was kind of barrier after barrier and one night after a large bottle of wine um <laughs> i Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we just said, you know what? That's our own story. We're, we're telling our own stories to why we can't do this. What if we changed it to say, 
yeah, it won't be the same as when we were 20. We've now got two kids and a lot more responsibilities. But what if we sort of started saying, how could we do this? And both of us agreed, I think, we didn't want to look back at 80 years old and say, oh, we were too chicken. We didn't do it. Well, it was such a long process that that, that so we would sort of take turns losing our nerve on this one. <laughs> uh, but one of us was always, you know, sort of stayed true to the cause uh, and we kept forging ahead. And, and uh, before we knew it, uh, most of the things that were stopping us from doing this had, had, uh, had resolved themselves. Yeah. Uh, and that's a, I know a lot of people face the same challenges and uh, a lot of people kind of get told you know, like from outside or outside people looking in, you know, like you have a stable job, like you have a family responsibility. You're not allowed to do that. So I'm glad that a bottle of wine is (laughs) (laughs) the way, because that's usually how I come (laughs) get to think deeply about my life is a nice bottle of wine. So basically you, you guys met in Australia. Great. So you got a little bit of taste of what traveling can be like. And, did you really want to try to instill that in your children? Was that a big part of it? Yes, it, it was. I think, you know, you know, we live in, in uh, Grand Cayman in the Caribbean, and it's this tiny little dot of sand in the ocean. And, and it's a very, very safe environment, you know, for our two girls to have grown up in, but they're not very worldly. And uh, they really, it, it, a big part of this was to get them out there and let them see, you know, what's going on in the world. You know, you know some of the, uh, you know, the, the, the lighter side of life and, and also some of the darker sides of life. So that, uh, you know, when, when we send them out to university, you know, a few years from now, they'll be a little better prepared for it. You know, I really like that, too, because I know, especially for a lot of people in the States, there's a, a big kind of theme here of trying to stay safe and especially with a lot of things that are going on in the United States right now, it's kind of grown more and more into isolate ourselves, be very um, kind of closed off to the rest of the world, kind of like an old, kind of an old philosophy of the United States of isolationism. And I'm so glad that we have a living, breathing example of how this could be so beneficial. So what have you guys grown as a family over this like what would you say would be the biggest benefit of just going and dropping everything and and doing it you know for, for me i think our you know our, our life uh you know prior to living in a motorhome uh you know it involved us getting up in the morning with a, a mad rush to get you know everybody dressed and showered and in the car and and, and packed away you know we, we then led our separate lives over the next eight hours or so. And, th- and then we'd show up in the evening and, and, uh, you know, worn out from a, a long day at work, the kids wouldn't get the best from us and we certainly wouldn't get the best from them. And there'd be uh, homework and then lunch is made and then off to bed. And the, the contact time we had with the kids was, was limited. And it, you know, they weren't seeing, you know, the best that we had to offer. Cause I think we were throwing too much of ourselves into our jobs. And, you know, for one year only, we really have an opportunity here to, to, to spend, a lot of hours every day with each other. And uh, I think that's probably the biggest single benefit that that, uh, that this sort of travel offers. Yeah, that's so beautiful because I know a lot of people, you know, you, you work so hard at your jobs to do that, to, to gain enough money to be able to spend and treat your family extremely well. But uh, I think time is sacrificed. And there's a, a, you know, there's a big debate of, you know, do you, if you're good enough and you have the means like you guys did to, you know, put down that life for a while and then go spend that quality time with your family. It, 
it's so great to hear that, especially in um, in times where work is such a focus, especially in America. So without getting too into uh, details of me getting super emotional about this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so what what was the biggest challenge to set up the trip? So you guys, I'm sure, had a lot of challenges from setting up a uh, homeschool curriculum, or I don't even know exactly what that would look like, to buying a camper overseas, to planning where you guys are going. What was the biggest challenge in setting up the trip and how did you guys overcome that? So funding was was the biggest challenge, um, particularly because right up until the very last minute, we weren't actually sure if we could pull it off with the financing. And Jay, being a teacher, had quit his job earlier in the year because the teaching system really needs that much time to find really good teachers for replacements. So the beginning mm. of this year, Jay's quit his job. We're going, we're leaving in August and right up until about July, we weren't 100% sure we could pull it off. All the other stuff was kind of small fry, you know, buying the camper van. That's so much fun doing all the research around what if, what could be. But yeah, the, the biggest stress for me was, can we financially pull this off? Because we had to get renters for our house and we had to get bank, you know, banking agreement to refinance. And uh, that, that for me was the most stressful. Yeah, and, and you know, selling off all of our things. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, we sold our cars and and, uh, and our boat and <laughs> all our other toys. Oh wow! Uh, uh, and it was it was uh, sad to see some of the things go. But uh, and then you know, the the next step, of course, was you know, buying all the new things that we were going to need for the journey. And, and uh, buying things is a lot more fun than selling them. Yeah, but I vowed to myself we are never accumulating that much stuff again. It is just hideous the amount of stuff we'd c collected over 13 years of living in the Cayman Islands never again <laughs> I know that's something I actually struggle with a lot too is I'm looking around my apartment and I plan on moving to Germany next year and I have so much crap and I have no idea where this all came from. <laughs> so oh. you got to let it go cheap and end, walk away. At the end of the day, our final garage sales, we were giving stuff away for like a dollar and it was so freeing. Yep. Take it. Take two for a dollar. Perfect. <laughs> so it was actually more freeing just to get rid of it and not worry about getting the money back in return. You're just, what what did that feel like? So at the end of that process, when you guys are almost completely minimalized and a lot of the stuff was gone, like what what was that feeling like? I, I felt cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> it was. I think you know th this was never going to be a very good financial decision no. for us. And I think once we decided to do it, it was more of a question of of just making sure that that we could we could afford to to do it and and uh, and everything else. You know, mm. it all had to go. And so we got on and did it. I kept saying to myself, you know, I, I say this to my clients back in Cayman all the time and I wasn't living it myself. You can always earn more money. You just, you can't earn more time. And that as long as I kept telling myself that it was really freeing. It was, it was fantastic. Wow, that's we'll a earn great more money later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is a great philosophy and one that's extremely hard to kind of switch to at first, but I'm sure once that last item went out the door, you're like, yep, I'm doing the right thing. I'm doing the right thing. So so now that, okay, so you, you sold all of your stuff, and I know that's really terrifying for a lot of people, but it was the exact opposite. It was it, it was probably... Well, we mattered. We, we still have the house, and, and we still have our dog. 
he's he's being looking after my friends. So, yeah. So oh, we, gotcha. we can go home. Um, you know, we'll we'll need new things to put in the house, but um, but not too many. But not too <laughs> many. <laughs> okay, so you guys, you guys sold everything. You guys were skeptical that this would be even able to pull off, but it happened. So you're you're flying over, you land, and what was that feeling like? So it's probably like kind of stressful. Like, are we going to be able to pull this off? Are we going to be able to pull this off? And then. You and your family land in your first destination. Can you kind of walk me through that feeling of, okay, we did it, but now what? Well, we were probably better prepared than you think. Uh, yeah. I'd been very sadly researching motorhomes for a good six months, I think. Uh, uh, and uh, I I knew what I wanted, and I had my eye on a, on a particular one. We, we knew where it was. But, you know, within 24 hours of landing in the UK, we'd actually you know, bought a motorhome. Uh, we moved pretty quickly once yeah. we were on the... Wow. It was so... quite funny. I come up... Usually I'm the one who comes up with the mad, crazy ideas, and then Jay makes them happen. <laughs> and, um, we drove the motorhome back. We left um, the kids with the grandparents back in Gloucestershire, and we drove it back, and I, I remember vividly, we were just talking about this the other day, sat at the first campsite with this, you know, pretty new piece of kit that neither of us knew anything about how you know it has everything we sat with a glass of red wine and some pasta and both of us were in shock like we've only bloody gone and done it look we've done, we've done it <laughs> oh man and i love the the theme of wine it does make everything a little bit better <laughs> so and that must be such oh, like a test driving it yeah so the first time i even uh, i sat behind the meals when we were driving it off the lot so it really was a bit of a crazy time yeah, I can imagine that moment of when all the planning becomes reality must have been a really great experience. Yeah, it was very funny watching my Canadian husband trying to navigate these tiny village roads all through the Cotswolds in this hunk of metal. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right, Jason. I completely understand. I don't know how you did it <laughs> besides just doing it. <laughs> what was the what was the scariest road that you guys have been on? Oh, Genoa. Yeah, tell me a little bit about that. Like, what was what was the scene? How did well, you get through it? The motorhome's uh, it's three point two meters tall, which is big in European big. standards. It's not big in American standards. Like, it's, it's small in American standards, but you know. Well, uh, Americans so like everything huge. So every time you approach a bridge or a, a, an underpass or anything like that, they they put up little signs that uh, that tell you how tall they are. But you can't see them till you get pretty close. And uh, we pulled up to one in Genoa and realized at the last minute we just weren't going to make it. Yeah. And it had tiny, tiny roads. And I had to do about a nine-point turn to get us. I had to get out of the camper and stop traffic and kind of direct Jay. And it literally was, I think it was a 20-point turn <laughs> to a lot of Italian. The truth comes Italian. out. <laughs> oh, well, the Italian drivers are just not patient and they're you know they, they've got crazy charisma but also crazy anger so they're honking and yelling and waving and... wild gestures <laughs> most of them unfriendly uh, and we, we, we got turned around and eventually we, we caused such a nuisance of ourselves trying to to get to the the night's campsite that we got pulled over by the police and uh in the end they gave us a police escort all the way to the which is motor really home cool. park you got a police escort because they're like, oh, these these guys don't have no idea where, where they're going. You got to get these people off the road before they hurt someone. Oh, man. 
And those are the those are the little stories I think that make it worth it, though. Not at the time. Not the time. Yeah, we're laughing about it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely not at the time when uh, you're getting some, but probably cre- pretty crazy gestures flying your way. <laughs> yeah. so Actually, we- Sam was taking pictures of the police car with her phone out the window. So that's <laughs> and I'm sure it. The, the famous 20-point turn will live on in family lore forever. <laughs> so besides yeah, that... Yeah, it'll be 30 though, points soon. Yeah, right. It'll just keep growing, keep growing. So besides that, were there, were there any particularly hard times? So I know that this has been one crazy adventure with up and downs, but is there one besides the police escort of a time when, you know, things exactly weren't going right? You know, I, I can honestly say no, but yeah. I, I think that's probably best phrase is not yet. I mean, we're, <laughs> we're, we're, we're a few months in, in, in into the year, and uh, I hope all goes well, but uh, but so far it's been really smooth sailing. We're nothing, doesn't, we don't really have too many things that phase us, to be honest. Like a lot of the times when you're looking at uh, reviews of different campsites for example where people have stayed you know they are oh, shocking and the bathrooms were awful and this was terrible and we arrived and we're like woohoo it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's laid back it's uh what she's know. trying to say is we have low standards <laughs> <laughs> oh come on that's not that's not low that's standards it's, it's excitement yeah <laughs> i mean the stresses really have been around na- navigating the roads i think and for me anyway drive days and there's been some small things with oh trying to figure out um, teaching, for example. I mean, Jay's a teacher. I'm not. And, you know, sitting one-on-one with the kids, that's probably been a bit more challenging than I'd expected. Yeah. Uh, but nothing nothing life-threatening or, you know, shattering. or and, and we have so much fun in between some of the more challenging moments that overall it's it's definitely worth it. I mean, living in a closed space, I think, is, is yeah. one of the hardest things to get used to. I mean, you hit your head a lot. <laughs> yeah. You know, I have to use a ladder to, to get out of bed. You Gotta know, empty we, the toilet. We don't, you know, we have a no a no number two rule for the <laughs> for the camper, so so that involves a stroll, and it's getting colder. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure as it gets colder, that'll be a little bit more challenging for for everyone. Yeah. We keep heading south. We have. Yeah. So far, every time we, we feel uh, the frosty bite of winter moving in, we just uh, we just pack up and drive further south. But, uh, that's smart. That's the way to do it right there. That's that's the part of the camper that you guys probably really enjoy. Well, like when that. the rubber hits the Mediterranean, you know, that that's the end of the road, I suppose. Yeah. Well, and also we're meeting some friends at Christmas um, and we're skiing. So we got to head back north soon. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, at least it's for skiing, though, which will be a little bit better the the snow will be a little bit more worth it when skiing's involved other than just oh man why am i here this is a lot colder than i remember especially coming from the cayman islands <laughs> yeah we're, we're pretty weak when it comes to cold i'm discovering yeah <laughs> so you mentioned the being in a close space is is probably one of the hardest challenges so uh, four people in a camper especially for uh, the two girls I know that a lot of people struggle with finding travel partners. Obviously, you guys didn't have any trouble doing that, but conflicts on the road, especially small housing, if people are staying in hostels and community housing, how when conflicts do arise, because I'm sure 
they do people living in space it always happens what were your kind of your methods of kind of curbing the conflict or i guess a better way of saying is kind of resolving any tension that's going on between you guys the only conflict really arises when we're driving and that's because jay and i are already you know stressed out about are we going to hit low bridges and are we going to get lost and are we going to annoy people and so we're kind of focused on navigating and of course the girls there's only two seats with seat belts so they've got to sit very close to each other sometimes for two hours sometimes for five hours and it tends to be at the bit where we just, you know, mucked up the toll or we're slightly lost where they decide to fight about space. <laughs> you're looking over my shoulder and you're touching me and you're looking at me. And that tends to be the only conflict, isn't it? You're breathing it? my air. <laughs> <laughs> so just typical sibling things. <laughs> what do we do? What do we do? What do we do when that happens? Uh, we ignore each other. We ignore each other, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. One, Holly won't let Lauren watch her movies. That's another source of conflict. So I'd say it's only really the driving time. The rest of the time, we don't have conflict. Man, that's pretty incredible. And I want all the listeners out there to kind of take this away, especially from this episode, is that sounds like all of my family trips. Like me and my sister would fight all the time, but it was really not that bad. But when I would tell people about what you guys are doing, they would be like, wow, that's that's crazy or like i would never be able to do that or like how in the world that's oh that's impossible but for everyone listening out there it's not impossible in fact it's if you if you do the planning just like a normal family trip it can be done absolutely and, yeah my the, wife is is uh, very good at conflict resolution she has these sort of <laughs> strange voodoo techniques for easing situations oh uh, please uh, explain on that you can't just leave me <laughs> hanging with that I don't know if I can necessarily explain it but she's she's very good at uh, getting the best out of everybody in the family <laughs> i like well, it it's a very well, key piece. language and a little bit of the force <laughs> she thinks she's a jedi <laughs> hey i mean if she's able to relieve conflict she she might be a jedi <laughs> that's pretty <laughs> impressive okay guys well thank you for coming on the show but before we go what was the one moment if there was a moment that you and your family spent together that you realized that it was all worth it all of the process everything that we went through is completely worth it oh there's been a few wow so i mean for me this is going to sound crazy and you can give the more intellectual answer all right um disney going to disney, <laughs> going to disney paris and we have disney on our doorstep right <laughs> yes um, but um and uh, so it's not about the location i think it was more I, I just was stood there in such a magical place in paris feeling like a kid and knowing I didn't have to go back to work after this, that after after doing Disney, we were going to go to Monet's Gardens. Uh, that to me was was magical. But you give the more intellectual answer. <laughs> I, I think it, for me it was the our, our very first stop in France. Mm. Um, we'd made it across in the ferry. We'd almost run out of gas on the oh, first yeah. day. And we made it down to Mont Saint-Michel and in just a beautiful little campsite. And yeah. we, we got it all set up and our picnic table set up outside. And we had some wine and we had some cheese and, <laughs> and uh, chatted with our French neighbors and just sort of settled in there for, I think it was four nights. Mm. And it all just became real. 
we've been waiting for it really for it had such a long time coming but i think that's where it all became real for me mm. guys such an amazing story i i am envious as well as very excited for all the adventures that you guys will have throughout this year and i'm speechless i'm just i'm i'm extremely happy for you and your family to get out there and really enjoy something together and i hope a lot of the listeners out there try to follow suit and dream big because you never know you could be in france in the camper with your family drinking wine and eating fancy cheese and yeah <laughs> and there's nothing and what can get better than that i mean come on that what can get better than that so thank you, Jason and Sam. Is there any way that we can reach you guys and the listeners can reach out to you guys? Um, I've been doing a blog um, ever since we left um, at janeera.com. Um, and it really just started out as, as a way to get out of having to email everybody. Yeah. Uh, we had so many people saying, you have to email us and give us updates. And, and, then, and I eventually decided to do this. And that way I, I just told people, look, register for the blog and, and you can get your updates. And, and, I, and I can hit everybody all at once. But it's still turned into something a bit more, really. Now it's really now a real chronicle of our journey, and and, and I've really started enjoying doing it. Yeah. So it's J as in J A Y, Nera dot com. And Nera is N E H R A, right? Yeah. yeah. It's called the Radical Sabbatical. Life the Radical a- Sabbatical. I like it. <laughs> Life in a tin can. <laughs> All right, <laughs> listeners, so if you want to keep updated on Life in a Tin Can, the Radical Sabbatical, feel free to reach out talk to to jay and sam and also follow them on the blog and all of their crazy adventures through the eu and beyond who knows where this year is going to take you thank you guys so much for coming on i know that i want to keep that in my plans as i grow up and get a family one day thank you for being great travel role models and have fun in italy man (laughs) (laughs) well thanks nathan all right thanks guys Bye. Once again, that's jnera.com, the radical sabbatical, life in a tin can. And as a year rolls around in 2017, my biggest takeaway from this is this family changed their mindset from, ah, we can't do this. This is impossible for us to, what would it take to fulfill this, this dream of ours? And they made it happen. A lot of intense planning, and they didn't even really know if they were going to be able to pull it off until that final minute, but it happened. So as you make your New Year's resolutions and look at 2017, don't be afraid to dream big and then get to work. Because with a little planning and a lot of discipline, you can make 2017 whatever you want it to be. Thank you guys for listening to Oyster World Radio. My name is Nathan Lieberman. Please check out our website at oysterworld.com. And also leave us a rating and review. I can't stress how much that helps the podcast in ratings and helps more people listen in. If you have any questions or you want to contact me, tweet me at Nathan Oyster. I reply to all the messages and would love to hear your feedback. We're also on Facebook. Like us at Oyster World. Keep up to date with what we're doing and with what new products, new services we're rolling out in the future. 2017 is going to be a big year, so stay tuned and we'll have more for you soon. Thanks everybody once again. Happy holidays. Get to wherever you're going safely and we'll see you in 2017.